Thanks for downloading this official Munster Rugby podcast. For more, go to MunsterRugby.ie or subscribe to Munster Rugby on SoundCloud or iTunes. Hello and welcome to the first episode for the season of the Crooked Feed podcast. We're going to have one podcast a month with Munster Rugby players and coaches joining us to give us special insight into the club. This week I'm delighted to be joined by back row forward Jack O'Donoghue. Jack is currently sidelined with a knee injury but has made 93 appearances for Munster, has two Ireland caps and became the first Wadford man to captain Munster in the professional era last season. Thank you very much for having me. Nice achievement, Jack. First Wadford man to uh, Captain Munster in the professional era. Yeah, I wasn't actually aware of it at the time. It was only kind of when the press release went out um, that I realised that I know Ben Cronin had had played before me, but I didn't realise that um, I was the first in the professional era, so that was kind of something special for me and I suppose uh, something special for my family as well. You're rehabbing, you were back on the pitch today, how's it going for you? Yeah, I'm only just kind of newly back out on the pitch, lungs <laughs> aren't too happy with it, but um, the rehab and stuff is going well, it's going smoothly so far, um, you know, it's, it's always nice to be out on the on the pitch and seeing the lads when they're training and stuff, and t- to be fair, it was a beautiful day today, um, so it, it, it makes that it that bit easier, you know, it's, it, it's the toughest days are probably at the start when everyone else is out in the, the pitch and you're probably one or two of you just in the gym kind of trying to, to to get through the session and to, to get through the tough rehab you know it's probably a lot of the unseen work you know that goes that's the toughest part probably when you're back out running and stuff and you know it's only low level stuff but it's uh it, it, it it's that bit nicer when when there's a the team is training alongside you and you know you get a bit of encouragement as well a few lads when they see you back it's it, it's nice and you actually have to get your care adapted as well is that right yeah so when i first got um got the knee injury i'm lucky enough i'm sponsored by uh garage back home he was very helpful for me and very great uh grateful for what he did he you know was able to adapt the car so i could drive and still maneuver around so basically put in a set of hand controls so i used it was automatic so i used the accelerator and the brake all through my hands um so I was still able to, to get around and get in out of training and not be bumming lifts off everyone and everyone getting annoyed at me. So um, that was that was something very handy and, and it's always uh, nice to have the support from, from back home as well. Have you had a chance to get a bit of studying as well while you're kind of have a bit of downtime? Yeah, so I suppose kind of during the summer when I was sitting on <laughs> sitting at home on my own, like I decided, I decided I'd go back and do a master's. I had been looking at kind of do further progressing my studies anyway. And I suppose when an injury happened, it just kind of seemed right to, to dive straight into it and probably keep the mind occupied and keep myself busy. So I'm halfway through the first semester now and probably could be could could be doing a bit more. But um, yeah, it's going well. And, you know, it's it's something new and it's a, a new challenge, I suppose. But it's suppose trying to get that balance back between the training and the, the college work that I probably haven't done since the academy. So um it's it's tough but in fairness to Razor and PJ and the lads in the rehab group that they're flexible with the the time and my time and so fair fairness to them they're 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 probably doing half the work for me. And it's a good start to the season uh, for the club. Is, is it kind of tough watching on from the sidelines? I it, it is tough but like I'm not, I'm not on my own, you know, they're like it's only probably when when you're sidelined for a while and you see the amount of lads, you know, the lads are out training the whole time. But it, it it is tough at times when when the lads are going really well and especially coming up to the big games, like it's always you know, everyone wants to be out on the pitch and everyone wants to be 
kind of doing their bit but I suppose only 15 people can take to the field at one time and I suppose with injuries and stuff you're sidelined you have no choice but it, it is tough watching them and it is it is it won't be easy but I suppose that's all part of the injury and that's what you have to adapt to and you know as soon as you get back fit and get back playing you just have to do whatever you can to try and get back into the team and just going back to the start of your career I suppose uh, when and where did you first start playing rugby? Oh, I started playing with Waterpark um, probably when I was about 10 years of age so I've come a, come a long way since then but um, yeah jeez nearly 15 years ago now and would you have a sports mad family? Um, not so much rugby. Um, my mum and dad would would have been into horse riding. My uncle, all my mum's side of the family, and that would all horses, um, show jumping, competing that way. So I suppose I, I did a bit of that when I was younger. But um, I quickly kind of changed boots and got on a pair of uh, pair of studded boots and went playing rugby. And uh, have they enjoyed much success? Yes. Um, my uncle he went to the Olympics in Barcelona. Um, Francis Connors, so he's uh, they've been very successful in it, you know, jumping and competing in the RDS and that. So there is, I suppose, a competitive background there, all right. So when you started at the age of ten, at what stage did you get spotted by the um, the Monster Development Department? Oh, I'd say it wasn't until I was about sixteen. I think I, like I remember, I was big into hurling and I was playing with like. Ballygunner at the time and trying to get onto the under sixteen ward for team, looking at trying to get onto the ward for minor team and I I I didn't initially I because I we had to go to these East Munster cadets training sessions and I was travelling from Wardford to probably Tiptown or Clamell and I couldn't make all of them and I remember I missed a few of the sessions and I I didn't make the make the East Munster regional team at started but I suppose then I started I was playing with Waterpark and playing well and. I think coach at the time George Anderson sent through the video of of our games to, to I think it was Ian Sherman at the time was Academy Manager and I kinda of got picked in for a talent identity group. Um and then it kind of went spiraled from there, you know, got into the the sub academy and but then I had a setback, got glandular fever. So I, I I just stopped playing rugby. I was out for probably six months or so with with that sickness and I got back then for the Munster Youths team. And then I kind of made the Irish 18s and got brought back into academy with Peter Malone. And then uh, probably I've been with him a month ever since. And you seem to have captained a lot of teams at underage level as well. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it, but I suppose it's just maybe, you know, look, I like to I like to lead by example and I, I, I like the role. It's, I'm comfortable enough in it. And I suppose I've seen the progression, you know, I've done the 18s and... Um, 20s at the World Cup and then I was um, Axel and Mikko put me captain of the A team um, must have probably Mikko's this as much as Mikko didn't want to give it to me like he he, he kind of had to like <laughs> probably Axel made him <laughs> um, but yeah then uh, I got the chance Johan gave me the captaincy of the, the senior team against Cardiff last year and it was you know it was a special day for me and I hope to try to get back there Mick O'Driscoll didn't fancy his captain material, no? Ah, he slags me the whole time about how, I, how useless I was. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's a good man. And coming from a, a club background then, as opposed to a school's background, which a lot of players have come through, what were the different challenges? I suppose the toughest thing was, I, I'd probably never done, you know, the gym sessions and probably lifted weights until I came in here. You know, you, you, you rocked up on a, a Tuesday and a Thursday and you did your hour and a half session and you headed off and you played your game then on a Saturday or Sunday and that was all the rugby you played where 
the, the schools are, you know they get four or five sessions in be it you know a skill session a pitch session but then they're also in the gym and stuff and you yeah. see a lot of them are a lot more developed compared to the club players but you know I suppose I think the difference then is the club players do have a, a bit more drive and ambition because you know they do have to work that bit harder and to come through and it was all it's always nice when you know there is a bit of a bond between the club players you know and the senior team at the moment you know the likes of James Cronin who've, who's come through as well you know it's 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 they're 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 a bit different maybe they're a bit bit tapping the head as well at, at times but um yeah it, it it's not a it's not an easy route you know because there's such a massive pool of players because then you're going up against tough competition with the schools lads but um look you know you have to work hard and probably work twice as hard as some of the schools players come through and Waterford the Waterford link um Thomas Aherna was a new guy who's come into the academy you, have you been speaking to him just kind of I suppose he'd have a, a lot in common really yeah I spoke to him um he he moved to Waterpark I think to play under 18s and um he came into the academy this year and I, I had a good chat with him during pre-season I was injured at the time and he there was no one really no one at the senior lads weren't back in and I just had a nice chat with him and just you know got to see where he came from and stuff and and what his background was and you know he had a, he had a strange one going from playing full back I think one year and then thrown into the second row the next year so um, he's he's stuck in the row now unfortunately but uh, yeah he's a good lad and hopefully he progresses well now with the academy and yourself as the only Watford player in the squad we could, would you be seen kind of as a role model maybe for the, like the young lads of Waterpark and the other clubs in Waterford as, as the guy who they'd want to aspire to be uh yeah I guess I guess I I am you know even if I don't try to be I just they see the pathway that they took and they can see how how realistic it is and how how you can achieve it and I suppose that gives them a bit of drive and a bit of determination to to follow suit. So Munster underage Aaron underage captain were you always ambitious like let's say when you were out with Lancashire Fever did you always like have a drive in you and like you were like I'm gonna make it no matter what. It was different. Kind of when when I had the glandular fever, I like, I was just so sick and that I I had got sick and I I remember like, really pushing the doctors and stuff, a lot to get back to play the interpros because I knew if I didn't play the interpros I wouldn't get selected for the Irish teams and I wouldn't have a chance to prove myself. So, I remember like, pushing my mum and the doctors. You know, like I'm fine, I'm fine, and I suppose so. I suppose I did have probably, a big drive and ambition to to try to get back as soon as I could. And while you were in the academy, then you played a lot of uh, All Ireland League rugby with UL Bowes. That that obviously really <coughs> stood yeah when it when it came to stepping up then to Munster and to Pro Fourteen. Yeah, I was probably thrown in the deep end a bit. I moved straight to UL Bowes as soon as I came to academy. And uh, fairness to Colum Tucker, Cully, he threw threw me straight in with the the senior team. I think I was only eighteen at the time, and you know they all seemed like men at the then, but. Um, he had faith in me and I, it 100% stood to me. I got three seasons on my belt in the AAL and um, in, in the top division. And it's, it, you know, you're playing against good opposition. You're playing against, you were playing against development players at the time being released from the club, from their provinces. And you're, you're up against good opposition. It was a good standard of rugby. And I think the way it's moving forward now, you know, with the, the new Celtic League and probably putting more emphasis now on the, the club scene after the Celtic League is finished. Do you think that's a positive thing? Yeah, 100%. I definitely think, you know, you look at the likes of Neely Crone and he's he's kind of blazing the trail for, for club players for how to get get back into the professional system and he you play well with your, your club, you be the standout player for, for your team and in your division and 
you know, you could look at just you can look at getting a contract here in a professional team. Once you finished up in the academy, you kind of you didn't waste much time with getting into the senior team, and you made a huge <clears throat> amount of appearances in the 2015-16 campaign, was it? Yeah, um, I think. I probably probably the first my first year I I was still in the academy so, and I played I think ten games, um and then after that I think I played, I think we played twenty three out of twenty five games the the following year, it was the the World Cup, it was World Cup year so a lot of lads were away and yeah, I suppose I got a lot of opportunities to play and obviously good performances you know under my belt and kind of kept me kept me in the team and I had a had a great season and I pushed on and you know I got into. Uh, Six Nation squad that year, and it was it was all a learning experience for me. And um, I suppose then you have more ambitions to get back into the Ireland system, but you you have to try and get yourself into the Munster team first. And I got eager for for more and more games, and I think it's it, it's it shows out there now. You know the the level of competition in the back row alone is is phenomenal. You know you don't even have to look at Ireland; you look at Munster and the. The types of players that you know that aren't getting selected, you know, they they'd walk onto another team. But it's just the the drive and ambition that we have within the club to to try and be the best, the best in the world. And I suppose it it's gonna stand to us in the long term. You know, we've good depth in in, in each position, and we can really start building and winning trophies. Coming into the squad as such a young player, and you'd obviously you'd have been watching the. The older guys, they probably would have been, you know, your idols, Axel, as head coach. That must have been like a crazy experience coming in, you know, at that age. Yeah, it's it, it's actually a really really positive environment to come into because the standards are so high and it, it really does you. They expect a lot out of you, even though you're young, but they they help you a lot as well at the same time because they know that that you're going to be the one taking the field alongside them. And and in fairness, for my first for my first cap, you know they they took all the pressure off me and you know they just let me kind of go out and enjoy enjoy it and not worry too much about the the occasion itself and just go out and play rugby you know I would have had the likes of Dunco Callahan playing in the row and just talking to you throughout the game and stuff you know it's massive and I suppose being able to have an experience that and then when you take to the field with a new debutant you know you can just try and give them the same confidence that they gave me and make it ten times easier on the day. And then making your Ireland debut at just twenty two at the Aviva, that must have been class. Yeah, that was, you know, a, a real special moment. I I got called in the week of of the the game. It was after Ireland bet the the All Blacks in Chicago, so there's a great buzz around the camp and I got called in and I think the team team was named on Tuesday to us and it I was <laughs> I was a bit shocked and and the first kind of driving back in the car, I was driving back with Darren Sweetenham, and the the kind of first thing that popped into my head is like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to sing a song after the game. And I honestly god couldn't, I cannot sing a song. I've got kicked off the bus twice with Munster, coming back from game because I haven't been able to sing a song. And I just remember <laughs> practicing the song, going back in the car with Sweets from camp, and him trying to teach me it was worse. <laughs> like, but yeah, dumb and dumber. Like, what song is that? Uh, country roads. Do you want to give us a blast? Absolutely not. No way. So the biggest nerves were with singing a song. Were you nervous about playing at Yaviva and? No, no, no. I, I, I wasn't that. I, at the time, then I wasn't nervous. But you know, came to walking out and and singing the anthem. You know, I, I was getting the jitteries. I, I felt the the sick feeling inside. But I, I remember I think I was standing beside Donica Ryan. You know, and you know he 
talked to me all the way through the game and it, look it was just another game of rugby to me at the end of the day you know once you get your first carry your first tackle in it's just another game of rugby and you feel comfortable and <clears throat> you execute execute your plays it's it's it, it's easy it becomes easy and you know look I think we, we, we won handy enough on the day but it was it was something special you know to get your first cap and I suppose you always have, you always have an ambition to play for Ireland and to be able to achieve that at 22 was was nice but you know look I'm hungry hungry for much more you mentioned just about the uh, it's a bit of a tight-knit group at the moment and you're part of a, a scooter gang oh jeez Mike Haley starting the scooter gang uh, uh, I initially got it for college to go in and out of college to go in and out of lecture and quickly back to training but so you were the no I wasn't the founder Mike Haley was the founder he got it because he didn't have a car um uh, I was probably third or f- third or fourth on the list to get it when I saw him, and I was like, "Geez, that'd be handy now going in out of lecture." Um, probably look like a dope driving around campus, but <laughs> saving the leg—that's all I was thinking about. No, and but we were <coughs> driving around, you know, trying to have a race or so. But it 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 uh, it's a bit of crack, and it's it's cleared ahead a bit. It's it's always nice to get out on it. Is there a pecking order in the gang? Like, is there a leader, or how does it work? Um, Joey Carberry's the latest addition. He's a little prospect. He's a little like little push scooter, I think. So he's trying to keep up with us. Is useless enough? So it is. There seems to be like a great buzz in the HBC. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, we 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 hang out probably probably hang out more with each other than we do with our girlfriends and partners at times. <laughs> much to much as much as they hate that probably, but um, we uh. Look, we're in here in the HBC, we're knocking around from 8 o'clock till half 4 or 5 o'clock in the day and then we go for, go for our coffees after and, you know, you get your breakfast together. So there is, look, there's great bonds there and there's great friendships um, and that's, that's great, you know, going forward and it's, it, <clears throat> it just creates a good environment inside, inside here and it's, you know, it, it, it has that attraction and makes you, look, makes for an exciting club and an exciting year. I think that would help you on the pitch then, the fact that you're as so close off it yeah 100 percent. look you you know like on the pitch if someone's having a bad day or whatever it's just a simple few words of encouragement from your buddy and stuff can make it that bit easier and be able to get you over that hump great stuff thanks very much jack so before we go jack we just have a few questions in from supporters um emily fitzgerald asks what is your best rugby moment like i'd say probably my first cap for ireland is is definitely one of them um yeah, that's definitely probably probably today now that's my best rugby moment. Owen Irish has a question. Who's the best player you've ever come up against? Who's the best player? Um probably in around the back row, I'd say Sergio Prise. Um he was like, playing against Stad. He was incredible like and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go ah, I suppose look play come up against Dan Carter. You know, he's the best in the world, best ten in the world at times, so he's definitely up there too yeah Michael Coveney asks my best wish is in your recovery from an injury but how frustrating is it to be sidelined for so long thank you very much for the text or for the tweet um, yeah look it, it, it is massively frustrating um, but you do tend to get over that and look it comes it's part of the game and it's part of sport um, it's, it's suppose, how you adapt and how you get on with it I suppose how I dealt with it I probably kept myself as busy as possible jumping straight back into college and you know trying to do other things has has probably kept my mind off the injury a lot and probably kind of the first three months or so have flown by and you know before you know it you're back on the pitch doing a bit of running and you can see a, a nice bit of progress 
John Cummins asks, would you ever leave Munster to play wing back on the Watford hurling team? I honestly got honestly probably wouldn't make the team no way. <laughs> so probably we would stick with the rugby. I'm getting turned inside out. And Murray Boylan asks, what's it like being the only player representing Nadesha on the Munster panel? Um it's look, I suppose I'm representing Watford. Um when I go out there it's 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 a huge honour and it's uh it's it's always great when, when I hear people from Watford coming up to the games and they telling me, you know, we made the trip up and uh, you know, I find out they're from only over the road from where I live and it's it's always great to meet you. Thanks for downloading this official Munster Rugby podcast. For more, go to MunsterRugby.ie or subscribe to Munster Rugby on SoundCloud or iTunes.